Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hello, I'm Tim. Welcome to this special episode of The Yellow Block. Just a friendly heads up, this is a very Kisby-heavy episode. Uh, Fair warning. Uh, If you do still wish to listen, then Godspeed and good luck. Hi, I'm Jason Neal, one of the co-owners of PW United. I must warn you that the Yellow Block podcast contains some strong language and adult themes. So be warned and enjoy. It's not normally like this, John. I can I promise you that we're normally a slightly more professional outfit. Not mar- only marginally more, but... <laughs> okay, um, sounding okay now if I give it one more go? Yeah. Since we last recorded, we... Played once and we've lost one. Still not working. Still not working. I know. I think I I tell you the only difference, right? The only thing I'm doing is switching tabs. So it's got to be something to do with that because that's literally what I'm doing is switching to the script. Yeah, but I need to see the script. Yeah, well, if it doesn't work, are you doing that? You'll have to ad lib. Christmas next weekend. Congratulations, Dozy. Still in the Whamageddon game. Since we last recorded on the yellow block, we have played once and we've lost once. That's all coming up on the yellow block. Few comments on the previous episode. Dave F's been in touch and says, although enjoyable enough, it was a bit garbled this week. I mean, that's, we'll take that to be fair. That's a compliment. I'm still not sure what it is that Tim had forecast years ago that has come to pass. So I'll quite happily answer that, Dave. Uh, I predicted and have been predicting for a while that the ownership is on its knees and that we would sink back into the realms of League One mid-table. And alas, that seems to have come to pass. Plus, it posh has been in contact. Everyone seems to think this is my account. It's definitely not. He says, uh, or they say, it might be a woman, who knows, just got around to listening to this. Nice to see Tim getting the credit he deserves. He's got to be favourite for host of the season now. I'll take that. Thanks very much, Plastic Posh. However, my arch nemesis is back, Errol's back, and says, are you joking? The guy's an absolute moron. Constantly tries to be funny with pathetic put-downs of other hosts that makes him sound like a five-year-old, not to mention his will from in-betweeners style voice. Well, Errol, feisty one you are. 
be honest with you, Tim, I will stick up for you a little bit. Actually, when you get to know Tim, um, he's actually 10 times worse than what he comes across on the show. Um, so he's not quite as horrendous as you think. Possibly the nicest thing that you've ever you've ever said to me, that actually, Kisby, I'll, uh, I'll take that. Uh, John, it's... Um... I mean, you've probably appreciated having the World Cup to distract you because it's not a great time to be a posh fan at the minute. We've sunk out of uh, the playoffs with the, the match cancelled this weekend. Um, ownerships, who knows what's happening there? There's all sorts of rumours. One thing we do know is that DMAC is staying now. And let's be honest, we all knew that that was going to happen, but he's confirmed that he is staying. Uh, what What's your thoughts on uh, the club just now? Yeah, I think you kind of summed it up. It's it, it feels it's felt strange having the World Cup on because it's almost felt like I don't know. There's been a distraction and everything's felt disengaged. And then there's been a lot of cup games and there's just been no momentum in the league with results anyway. So it's almost like I don't know. I, I haven't felt half as engaged with posh recently as I was even at the start of the season or last season or or anything. And I don't know if that's the World Cup distraction or just the fact that results have been poor and performances have been poor as well. There's not really, even when, you know, when we were winning games at the start of the season and when we've been going on runs, it, it still felt like we were playing almost in third gear. It doesn't feel like we've ever really hit top gear yet in League One. And we were picking up some big, big results and big wins and scoring fairly regularly. But I don't think it's been particularly entertaining season. I've, I'm not sitting around thinking, oh, great, I get to watch Peterborough on a Saturday again. I can't wait for this. Um, and yeah, all the off-field stuff, I don't really know if that's added to it, but it's just been a really disappointing season so far. It's been very streaky. Um, and it just it just feels like we haven't got any momentum from anywhere at the minute, really, does it? No, and it, if I'm honest, it feels like we're we're heading in one direction and, and probably not the direction that we like. Uh, as it stands, Kisby, now we are closer to the relegation zone than we are the top two. Um, I know that that you've been, you know, sort of airing some concern for, for well, pretty much all this season. And and like John mentions there, we've never really, although we've picked up results, it's never really felt like things have have connected. I guess two points for you, Kisby. One, we've since we last recorded, had yet another defeat and it was, you know, a disappointing one at that. There were some marginal positives that we can take and certainly a few tiny improvements. Um, and also the the fact that, that DMEC has confirmed that, yes, he was just spouting shite like normal uh, and is indeed staying at the end of the season. I mean, nobody expects us to get anything at Ipswich, Ipswich top league. Um, we're not even close to being top league, are we? So no one really expected us to get anything there. And as as predicted, we didn't get anything there. So that, that's no surprise whatsoever. It's like I said all season, when we play the team at the bottom of the league, we'll beat them. When we play a team at the top, we'll lose. And when we play a team in the middle, we'll also probably lose. Um, the reason we're closer to the bottom than we are at the top now is because we keep losing game after game after game after game. And that's not just uh, inconsistency, is it? That's, I think, been a a consistency all the way through the season. I, 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 apart from that game against Lincoln, where we looked like absolute world beaters, but that's the, that's the game, that's the exception that proves the rule this season. Otherwise, we've been not awful, because that's too strong a word, but we've been very, very average. And for the first time, probably the last pod I was on, I, I said for the first time, I thought it, we possibly won't finished in the top six we were never going to finish any higher than fourth I predicted fourth at the start of the season we're never going to finish any higher than that because there are a lot of good sides in this team um 
I'm now reconsidering that and thinking we might finish just outside the playoffs. But to be honest with you, it doesn't really matter. If we sneak into the playoffs, which is still a possibility, to be fair. I mean, it's not a complete disaster at the moment. What are we three points off or something? You know, it's 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 very, very, very doable. We're not even halfway through the season yet quite. So it's still a possibility we can sneak into the sixth position um, and get in the playoffs. However, I will say it's absolutely pointless to do that because we will not 100% go through the playoffs. It's like when Fergie was in charge and that year when we got into the playoffs, we weren't very good and we didn't. We went out to the Leighton Orient or whoever it was. It'll be exactly the same. We will not be any of the three teams that we would be against in the playoffs. There's not a chance now. We have not got the strength. Um I've said for, for, for quite a while now, McCann, in fact, I said it last season, uh, McCann is not the right manager for us. He's not the right manager for this team. He's made too many errors and he's consistently made... Three days later. If we were to sign bloody Messi today, he would leave him on the bloody bench, wouldn't he? Because he doesn't fit into our tactics, so we can't play him. And that's a sort of madness. When you when you played football at school and you chose teams, right, you didn't not choose the best player, did you, as your first choice, because he didn't fit into the bloody tactics of your team. It's bloody madness to have kept Jack Marriott on the bloody bench the whole season virtually. Absolute stupidity of the highest degree. And that I will never, ever get over, to be honest with you. Um, he's made lots of errors. He's not the right manager. He's, his position is untenable. I would go as far as to say he, if we'd have lost against Shrewsbury, which is a distinct possibility, knowing us, um, because they're a half decent side series, we're not outstanding, they're half decent, so it's not a, a gimme for us. Um, I would say that he would go because what's the point? What's the point? He's had half a season of complete disaster, really. He's not going to turn it around in the second half, going on historically how posh play in the second half of the season. He's not going to turn it around. We will not be in the championship next season. I will put Jared's house on that, right? He He's not the right manager for us. He's not a horrendously bad manager like some of the ones we've had, but he's not quite the right manager for us, I think. He's made too many poor decisions. And if we if we weaken the team in, in the January window, if, if JCH goes, for example, where are we going to finish? Mid-table, that's where we're going to finish. And that, for the posh, is a disaster. Um I never expected us to go up outright, but I expected us to get into the playoffs, which is a success for the posh, generally speaking. Um, and we won't achieve that this season. So it will be a, n- a non-successful and unsuccessful um, season. Several months later. So where do we go? Where do we go from here? I, I agree with you, Tim. I think we've got to have wholesale changes now. I've always been of the view that I don't want to change because I 99% think we will get worse if we change but now i don't care because i'm fed up i've seen mediocrity after mediocrity after mediocrity and that's what we're seeing this season we're not seeing great teams we're not seeing exciting football we're not seeing something that makes me want to go and watch the posh and i'm a lifelong supporter and i'm sitting here saying i i i I was glad that i didn't go and stand out in the bloody cold yesterday so that's how a lot of supporters are feeling i think and it's it's a sad sad to admit and sad to say, but that's where we are at the moment. We're going nowhere fast. 
unlike your rants, which, well, no, I'd argue they probably don't go anywhere fast either. They're probably just as protracted and, and drawn out, but we love you for it. Uh, we'll take from that that you're also frustrated that DMAX announced his, uh, his extended well, it, it, tenure as well. It's laughable, isn't it? It, it, yeah. it makes us the laughing stock. People don't even care anymore. I don't care whether he stays or he goes. I honestly don't care. I'll hold my hand up, and I've said this many times. He's, he's our best ever owner, but I don't care if he stays or he goes now because he makes us a laughing stock by coming out with this rubbish. What, what's, what goes on in his head when he comes out with this rubbish? You know, it, it's just it, it's pathetic. It really is pathetic. And it, 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 the anger that I've got about the whole setup, you know, where I was so enthusiastic and so looking forward to this season, I thought it's going to be some great games. I thought we'll have a good side and we'll play some other good sides and it'll be competitive and exciting. And it's been a damp squib. It really has. Or squid, damp, a damp squid, yeah, or a damp squid, as Jared always calls it. Uh, just, just circling back around to the Ipswich game, John. It was um, we saw a formation change. There was a few positives. It seemed like Grant was trying to uh, listen to the likes of Kisby and try to get JCH and Marriott up front. It was, it was more of a sort of a three-five-two type setup that he, he went with. Um, I think that was encouraging, and, and I actually think there were positives, but ultimately another disappointing result. Yeah, so. I'm certainly not as strongly McCann out as Kisby seems to be. Um, I know you pointed out Marriott and we talk about the attack, but actually Mason Clark was far superior to Marriott when he came on as a substitute in that game. And as much as I think Marriott should have been played more often this season, when he has come on off the bench, he actually hasn't done a great deal. I think one of the main problems for Posh is our attackers are almost better suited to the 4-3-3. I genuinely believe that. Um, but we don't have a defensive pairing that can play in a two because we just get dominated in the air and we can never sustain any pressure because a team can just play over our midfield up to, well, Bristol Rovers was almost a perfect example. They played up to Coburn. Edwards, Kent don't win anything in the air and it's too easy to get out. So we can never sustain any pressure. So I think you have to play with, for our our defence, you have to play with a three because we just can't sustain pressure in a four. Um, and the free, obviously, you can have the spare man. And Ronnie looks so much better in a free. And I think if you looked at how we played at Ipswich, Ronnie was very good at the back. Uh, it was one of his best games this season because he had the freedom not to go and engage aerially. And Kent and Watts did that. But the issue for us is Kel Watts is just another of our defenders that's okay on the floor, but he's never he's not aggressive. He doesn't and and we managed to concede two crosses with three centre halves on the pitch to a five foot six player. Um, and for me, that's shameful. Like, I know Butler slips for the second, but you've just got to be more aggressive. I- I'm so sick of saying it, and I don't want him back, but we miss Mark Beavers. Like, he can't play on the floor, but you we miss that presence at the back. And I look, Beavers is not a good player, and he had so many limitations, but we have to go and get a centre-back that can head the ball. It was obvious last season. Why they didn't do it in the summer, I don't know. Uh I went on Dara's podcast and made the point about fullbacks. And at the time he was banging on about, oh, we've got four right backs in the squad. Well, we don't have any fullbacks. And now we're in January and we're rectifying this. So for me, I think McCann has been hamstrung. And whether you want to blame the recruitment on Dara or McCann, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know how much influence either had, but I don't think the squad was set up in a way that we could have got top two because of our defence. I really do believe that. 
And I'm of the position where I think give McCann January, uh, give him the chance to go out and get a centre-back. The club are saying that we've got six and I really, and they're not looking at buying just a centre-back, they want full-backs. But for me, if they don't get a centre-back or a full-back, um, the time's up. Like McCann has to press that sign-in. It, it's not going to work. We're going to come mid-table if we don't get one in. Um, Kent Knight, been terrible this season. Ronnie, I love him, but he's not been good in a two, like I said. And Kel Watts looks terrible. You might as well terminate that loan and go and get somebody else. So um, for me, I, I'm prepared to give him that time to solve those issues and sort of reconsider it in March. And I know that might seem a bit defeatist because by then the playoffs could be out of the window altogether. Um, currently we are in a fight, but I don't really know how much better we could have got on. And and we're talking about the Ipswich game and and it kind of summed it up. There wasn't a huge amount in the game, was there? It wasn't, I didn't feel like we were dominated by Ipswich. We almost competed, but we just gave two cheap goals away. And that's been the story of the season. We don't get dominated at this level. Very Well, we very rarely get dominated at this level. Um, and technically we're, we're a match for most teams. And, and if teams want to play the ball on the floor, we, I, I think we compete with them fairly well, but we just concede goals too easily, and 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 we have been doing it all season, and and it's so frustrating to watch. It, it just there's a real soft underbelly to this side that's been there for years now, and somebody has to get a hold of them and extinguish it because we might have even stayed in the championship. It was the same last year. So many late goals conceded, and I'm sick of seeing it. There just needs to be some more aggression and fight, and you know it, it sounds really basic and <laughs> rudimentary, but. We do need to see just a bit more grit and determination from them. Yeah, I think you're absolutely bang on. I can't echo that um, echo that anymore. And to be fair, the the point you made at the end there about how this has been a an issue that's been riding through through a few years, uh, completely agree. And that's very much the reason why I'm still McCann in because I think what that does prove is that this isn't a manager's issue. This comes from the recruitment, and we know I'm, you know, I'm indirectly pointing a finger there, but we know who is responsible for a large part of the recruitment. The fact that you went on to Dara's podcast and, and raised the issue about um, wingbacks and fullbacks, and that was the answer that you got when we've been screaming out, particularly in the summer while the transfer window was still open, about uh, a left wing back. Um, you know, Butler was out at the time, and and we were we were sending players out on loan that we really needed. And uh, for me, this has been. Um, a bit of a shit show, really, particularly recruitment-wise. And you're absolutely right, there's a mentality issue there. Totally take your point about a Beavers-type character, and it's not something that I'd really um, I'd really considered. But I think it's a, it's a valid point and was probably highlighted in the Ipswich game. Um, there is something happening off the pitch, whether we like it or not. And after our last episode, um, Jason... Uh, took offence to the fact that we called him, we said he wasn't a football man and also tried to green light that everything was okay. He talked about how him and Dara are in regular contact. Uh, didn't really mention Randy, which is you know probably confirming the point that we were making. Um, there's a news report come out from at League One News 22 and I'm fully aware that our producer is clutching at straws with a, a, a Twitter handle like that is Probably unlikely to be that reliable, but in any case, um, the the news article suggests that JCH may need to leave the club in the in the uh, January transfer windows. The club need to raise funds. This rumor, Kisby, about the fact that the club is struggling financially hasn't gone away, and it's growing 
in voice over the last couple of months. Yeah, I mean, it just rather proves my point that the owners that we have, or at least I would say two-thirds of them, prioritise money over the club. And I have some sympathy with that view because it's their money. If it was my money, I'd definitely be prioritising the money over the club. Um, I mean, it's all very well saying that we're not being dominated by teams in this league. Just going back to some of the points that John was saying. But I I would argue, well, 10 of them have dominated us because 10 of them have beaten us. So clearly, you can you can dress it up however you like. At the end of the day, it, it's like Winston Churchill says, you know, you can look at the tactics, but ultimately, you need to look at the results. And what results can, are we getting? We're, we're, getting game, beaten. Though, we're getting beaten, right? We've been beaten by 10 teams. That doesn't mean we're better than those teams, does it? It means on the day, we were worse than those teams for whatever reason. And I would argue that we're not going to get any better this season and we'll probably, like we do most seasons, we'll probably have a, a poorer second half of the season. Certainly if we go around selling players like JCH, we'll, we will be poorer. I, it, it's never one reason that, that a team is bad, but it is true that someone like Grant McCann doesn't seem to be having a positive impact on this team. It's not 100% down to him. Clearly, it's not 100% down to him. It's certainly... Our recruitment wasn't great. But having said that, we came down from the championship and everyone says how wonderful we were looking in the championship and how unlucky we were. We were never close to being a championship side, but we were not a horrendously bad side in the championship, I have to say. I don't. I never thought we would stay in the championship, but I thought coming down to League One, we will be a good side. We will be a good side if we keep those players. And, and the majority of them we did keep. And yet we've been poor. So who needs to take the responsibility for that? And I would say certainly the manager has to, but so so do the owners. I don't think the owners have done us any favours also this season. Like you say, clearly there's, 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 there's been falling out and I think it's down to the stadium. And I think this club needs a new stadium to progress. I think that's a given. I don't think anyone could argue anything other than that. And clearly we're not going to get one, are we? We're just not going to get one now, are we? Because... The only way we can get it is if it's on the embankment. And uh, I think people in the council have, have now come out and said um, the football team has to prove their case, still have to prove their case. Now, if we still have to prove our case after all this amount of time, it's not going to be happening, is it? You know, we I think we all know these are the realities of the world. So we won't be progressing off the, off the pit or on the pitch, if you like, on, on that way. So... The owners have now fallen out. That's not conducive, is it, to progressing the team as well? So I think there are several areas that you could identify. The manager, the recruitment, the lack of a new stadium. That's that's why we are having the problems that we are having. We're not horrendous in League One. We're not at the bottom of League One. We probably won't finish in the middle of League One, but we'll probably finish around about where we are, which is not success for us. It is, but is it not possible though, Kisby? And I know, John, you were, you were making this point there that you can lose to to teams, but not be completely overrun and, and dominated by them. There's been a, there has been a couple of games we've lost where maybe we. So we we're saying we're successful because we're not being overrun by League One teams. That's success for us now, is it? For now? No one yeah, said that's successful. We're, we're not being we're not being overrun by League One teams. You know. We shouldn't bloody well be being overrun by League One teams, but we're not beating enough of them. 
That's the problem. It's no good being as good as the opposition. You've got to be better than the opposition. You've got to win games. You've got to win games. It's no good. It's no good. Well, we were better on the day, but we lost. It's no good saying that week after week after week. We have lost enough games now to, to really wave goodbye to any chance to be in the championship, right? That's an issue for me, right? It, you can argue why we, that's happening. But so what we're going to say at the end of the season, well, we, we were all right. We weren't getting thrashed by anyone. So that's fine. That's fine to finish 13th in this in League One. For me, that's not no, good enough. That. No one said that. Like I agree with you. It was a disappointing season. What I'm saying is that we're not being. There's a couple of games: Plymouth away, uh, Bristol Rovers away, where we were played off the pitch, completely outplayed. But we, what we do is we throw away goal. We have to work harder for goals than opposition teams do against us, and that's the biggest issue for me. It's not a. It's not like the manager's tactics are completely getting us outplayed every week. There's a couple of tweaks that need to happen and we need to stop conceding goals so quickly. Uh, and no one's defending the 10 defeats. That's terrible. It should never happen in League One before the turn of the year. That's an awful season. I'm, I'm not saying we're having a good year. What I'm saying is it's not irreparable where we are. I think if you bring the right players in, you should see a big upturn in form in January, which is probably why it's worth sticking with the manager rather than throwing the complete plan out. Because if you look at the statistics, Josh's sort of stats and people don't like talking about XG and stuff, we show up fairly well in the league for that and touches in the opposition box and things like that. Over the course of the season, you'd like to think that evens out and the performance levels do uh, sort of, you get the reward for your performances. But what we're doing is conceding goals too cheaply. That's our biggest issue. That's been a problem for years. That's been a problem so, for years. Exactly. I, I would so argue that I, I would argue that we've not had a good defence really since we, we we played at Old Trafford in in the playoffs. I think that was our best defence ever since. It, our defence has been awful. I think Peter have always based on on their success uh, on on their attacking prowess, right? So the defence hasn't mattered so much. Now I I would argue we, we've not seen the best posh midfield or attacking options at the moment attacking wise we're pretty good i think but we're probably not it's not the best we've ever had so the weaknesses in defense get shown up more my my argument is that this team is is just not strong enough we, we're against some decent teams and we are just not strong enough mccann is one facet of that for me and i i, I think his position is is untenable for for me personally because i just think he makes too too many errors and i i i also think that we could have a much better manager in charge and we wouldn't be much better to be honest with you i think as i've said most of the season i think we're an all right team because we are but i don't think we're a top four or five team and i i don't think really the manager would make a great deal of difference but i i Going back to my point, I think we need a root and branch clear out of, of, of the owners, the manager and the players, to be honest with you, and, and start again. I don't necessarily think that will bring us success instantly. And it's always a leap into the unknown. But for me, as a lifelong supporter, a lifelong fan, I'm now sitting here thinking we need a massive change. We don't just need to change the manager. That's tinkering. That's not going to do a lot of good or make much difference, I think. I think we need some real passionate owners 
with money to try and change what we have become, which is a good League One side. And that's probably all we've really ever been, I think, in, in, in the last few years. So I think it's worth rolling the dice now and really, I mean, don't get me wrong, I, I, I will hold my hand up and say we've had some great, great, great times over the last sort of 15 odd years, brilliant times. But maybe it is now time to say, look, it's not just one or two players we need to get rid of. It's not just a manager we need to get rid of. It's a real rethink, I think. And that's that's where I am with this club, I think. So we're having this widespread clear out. Can we change some of the um, podcast hosts in the in the process? Wait, no, hold on. I've just realised that that will come down as a as a five year old's comeback. Errol won't be happy with me uh, me making a comeback like that. Are you sorry, Errol. I do apologise. I would try to think of something slightly more highbrow uh, when Kisby's done one of his fourteen hour rants, and I've grown a beard in the time that he's finished talking. I'm the only one who overturns up all the time. Hence why you get my rants all the time. Yeah, that's valid. Actually, that is true. I'm not quite sure why I drew the the short straw and have to listen to them all. Sorry, Errol, I've done it again. That's like three on the bounce. Sorry, I, I'll try and I'll try and improve myself into the new year. Uh, we did put out on Twitter uh, if McCann goes, who comes in? Some comments. Jake Gardiner says probably Jimmy Dean. Uh, Steve Dilly once again will have missed the boat as the deserving duo recently departed for Crawley, which is actually a really interesting point. Um, yeah, that, that's not a bad shout, that. And David Hall just questioned Steve Evans. Um, David, please, no. Um, we don't deserve that. Things are bad, but they could always get worse. Um, this is the last episode of 2022. Um, thoughts on the calendar year, John? It's been a, well, a typical posh fashion. It's been a roller coaster. Well, I don't even know if I can describe it as a roller coaster. It's all been downhill. It's, down. <laughs> it's been pretty depressing. I mean, I think there was some upshoots of recovery when McCann came in towards, when was it, February time in the championship. I thought we were slightly better, but kind of like Kisby said, we never really looked like staying up for that entire season. Um, the writing was almost on the wall since about, you know, October. So uh, it's been it's been frustrating. And then this year's just not got going, as we've kind of mentioned. Um, so, yeah, it's not, it's certainly not been the most enjoyable year to be a posh fan i don't know how many wins we've got but it, i don't think it'll be very many no it's almost a shame we've not got uh mr edwards on he, he likes a good fact he'd, he'd have that lined up for us but it's um yeah it's pretty valid and echoes what the the listeners said so we put this out on twitter as well uh, asking on um people's summaries of 2022 uh steve did again says normally you like to be positive but it's difficult sad to say it's been a year of absolute bollockless performances and piss poor underachieving worst of all is i can't see an end to it merry christmas looking forward to the pod <laughs> thanks steve and to you uh dave f says depressing followed briefly by hope then disappointment uh which kind of echoes what you said there john uh, Carl just says shit. Nothing gone right this year. Going to take probably at least ha- um, at least half a season to rebuild after this one. Club needs a fresh start and a new era in 2023 in order for that to happen. DMAC needs to sell up. We won't achieve any progression until that happens. Seeing this kind of thought process more and more now. Uh, AGM says, in all fairness, there isn't really a lot to say apart from our love for Darrett is dwindling. And it's the optimism that hurts us. And that's been the case all this year. Valid point. Keeping it posh. Um, Cheltenham's second half gave me hope. Everything since has taken that hope away. Absolute dross. Callum Dolby, we've made strides off the pitch, but gone backwards on it. Valid. Darren Moody, eight for Christmas and sliding. This should be fun. Uh, and then Emerald Posh just sums it up nicely. We've started shit, ended shit, less shit in the middle, but still shit. 
Thanks, Emerald Posh. I like that. Uh, Gisby, here's one for you. Um, the Shrewsbury slash Shrewsbury game uh, was called off because uh, of the po- of the uh, frozen pitch, the uh, Arctic weather that we've had over the last couple of weeks. Is that bearing in mind we did show some glimmers of improvement against Ipswich? Is that a positive because it gives uh, Grant well probably a job over Christmas, but also more time on the changing pitch? Uh, or would you have liked to have got that game done? Um, well, we are due, like football normally is, you are, once you've had loads of losses, you are due a win and possibly we could have won that game. Um, I don't think it makes a great deal of difference, really. I, I, I think we'll play exactly the same as we do when we play them in February or whenever than we would have done if we'd have played them yesterday. So I don't think it makes a great deal of difference, really. I think I think the, the problems are quite deep and ingrained in, in, in our club at the moment. I don't think they're going to go away anytime soon. I don't think they're going to change anytime soon. So having a game postponed, I don't think makes a lot of difference either way. I was just pleased that I didn't have to go out in the cold because when you get my age, you don't like to be out. So I have to wear about two coats now when I go to winter games. So no oh, bless you we need to get one of them like you know best seat in the house uh seats that they do at some grounds which have got like a little uh, electric fire and a little sofa that you can sit on with a little blanket that's what we need to uh, yeah. invest in jason if you're listening can we make that happen please because we will happily pay an extra 50p something like that on top of his ticket I, to make I, that happen do you not know me at all tim when no that was bad sorry yeah that was optimistic of me well i'll happily pay the extra 50p um on top of uh, Kisby's ticket price to make that happen. Just I want to see him sat in his little slippers and a little blanket at the side of uh, uh, London Road. Uh, cool, quick break. And then when we come back, we will review World Cup 2022 and the all-important end of year quiz. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theatres, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. So since we last recorded then, England have been knocked out of the World Cup and the World Cup indeed is over with a sensational final, uh, finished 3-3 between France and Argentina with Argentina taking it on penalties just in case you you know were living in a box, I don't know. Um, Mbappé with the first final hat-trick since 1966 as well. Uh, a question for you then, John. Uh, do you think that in your lifetime, England are going to win a World Cup or a push the Euros because they kind of look like they're getting into that discussion. Uh, I'd like to think so. I reckon I've probably got about 50 years left. It's <laughs> something like that. Um, I would like to think that we'd win either a Euros or a World Cup. I don't know if it's going to be in the immediate future, but I think obviously we keep getting towards the final stages of tournaments and the law of averages suggests if you do that, you might get the luck go your way at one stage, I mean, we were, what, a penalty shootout away from winning the Euros. 
and England managed to lose a game on penalties again. That even didn't even go to a penalty shootout <laughs> at this point. Right? So um, maybe if we can just start hitting the ball better from twelve yards, we should be all right. But I do think there's there's reasons to be optimistic about this England team. I mean, you look at Jude Bellingham, who's nineteen. The next World Cup is going to be twenty three. Foden will be about twenty seven. Saka is going to be twenty five at the next World Cup. Um, Kane's probably still going to be knocking around thirty three, but he doesn't really rely on his pace. So. Um, there, there shouldn't be a huge amount of change. And I do think we have some some of the best talent in the world is now English. And um, I know before there's always been sort of, or oh, England don't lack the technical ability of some of the other nations at, at World Cup. And that's one of been one of our biggest flaws. But I don't think that can be a criticism attributed to this England team at the minute. I think we have very, very adept technical players in almost every position. So... We're gonna. I think. I think it's coming. <laughs> um, whether Southgate's the man to to get us over that line, I don't know. But I think he's probably just about earned one more shot at it from the way we've played. I think him staying on, I generally look at in just about a positive manner, um, which is a surprise because going into this tournament, I I thought we probably was coming to the end. But we seem to have we attacked with a bit more impetus than I was expecting. Um, and if we continue to do that, I think we're going to have a real chance in 2024 and hopefully 2026. Yeah, and I think the thing with Southgate as well is that there's no doubt in that he knows how to manage a tournament really, really well and really effectively. Yeah, he's got a great squad at his disposal, but we've had great English squads before and and underachieved. The interesting thing I thought uh, with the, the England game, specifically more the France game, is... I don't. It's the first time in a long time where I feel like we got knocked out, but we could absolutely hold our head high. Normally, we kind of limp through to a penalty shootout and then get knocked out, and it's it's kind of rinse and repeat. But what I would say about the French is they know how to win. I don't even t- today with the Argentina game. At no point in this tournament have I looked at the French and thought you look like world champions. You look like the best in this in this tournament. But there were many times in in a game round where I looked at England and thought, do you know what? You're the best team I've watched in this round of fixtures. Um, it just seemed to be that the French are a little bit more street smart. We saw it against Morocco and we very nearly saw it against Argentina. They just seem to know how to win. I think that's maybe what England are perhaps missing at the moment. Yeah, I think, to you, I, John. Think I think there definitely is... Um, well, I mean, you look at through the England squad and it's very young. I think we had the third youngest average age at the whole tournament. So we don't have sort of your Giroux or Varans that have been there and done it. And what I mean, those two combined have probably won more trophies in their entire career than the whole England squad. I mean, if you look at what the English teams won, you're getting carried by Kane, who's never won a trophy famously. Uh, that's our captain. Uh, and then throughout the rest of the team, it's generally players that are starting their careers. And, you know, Harry Maguire, he's won, oh, has he won a Prem? I think maybe he's won one Premier League title. He might he's not won the, He won the Power League five-a-side uh, Stockport <laughs> and Tees League when he was 18, I'm pretty sure. He, yeah. Well, there you go. So, the, the one they all want to win. Um, exactly. But, yeah, so there, there just isn't that players in our team that have had that experience of playing in huge events currently but you've got to think that the likes of Bellingham, Foden when they're at these top clubs which they're in, inevitably going to be at they're going to gain that experience and I mean you've got you just got to hope that the progression goes 
as we expect it to in the next four years, when actually these players should be close to peak ages rather than the start of their career. Yeah, valid. Kisby, I can't really ask you if you think you'll see England win a major tournament in your lifetime because that probably only leaves us the, the Euros in two years' time. But uh, you've got to be encouraged. Sorry, Errol, I've, I've done it again there. You've got to be encouraged by the uh, the positive uh, position that England are heading in at the moment. Have I? Well, I don't know. Are you? I mean, you're Mr. Miserable no. at the moment, so Premier, you're not. I, I am Mr. Miserable because I'm, I'm going to watch a lot of dross. I mean, England are, are the Peterby United of the international world. Not horrendous. Play a poor team, they'll beat them. First time we come up against a decent side. And let, let I've watched many World Cups, right? Many World Cups. Uh, I thought the the two teams that got through to the final were, were poor teams. I, d- I don't think they were outstandingly great sides um Messi yeah he's he's has been the world's best player he was 35 35 right I don't care how good you are at 35 you're not at your peak um France I thought were all right what I'm saying is I think this was an ideal opportunity for England to do well and of course we did we did fuck all fundamentally we got through the group stage which we always do because we're always going to be better than half the teams in the group stage so we did what we normally do and then we went out against the first half decent team that we played so we looked all right I will grant you we even looked half decent at times but again where look at the results which is what counts in football and we did no better this time than we do virtually every other time that we're in the world cup um because they are a young team, they will get better. So that there is that point to it. And I will say that we 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 didn't look too bad, I didn't think. But at the end of the day, have England got it in them to win a World Cup? Um, uh, no, because I don't think we're hungry enough like some teams are. And um, nowadays, there's more good sides in the world. In, back in the day, there was half a dozen like really good teams in international football. And England's one of those teams. But... Those days are long gone these days. You know, teams like Morocco have coming through. You know, you wouldn't see, you wouldn't, if England played a team like Morocco 20 years ago, we'd beat them 10-0. We just would. Nowadays, we wouldn't, would we? You know, so it's much more competitive nowadays. So will England win a World Cup again? It will be very, very tough. And I would say if I was a betting man, they won't be winning it anytime soon. Um, I think we've got a good young team that have promised, yeah, but there's a big gap between having promise and actually winning something as as we've shown this time really john just in a word if you watched every minute of this this tournament sorry that sounded really like i was accusing you of saying it's like if you watch it then answer this question uh, i'm just generally interested to know having watched every team who you think were the best team at the tournament this year it's a tough question because i actually agree with kisby that i don't think even france and argentina were outstanding teams um Argentina were very like steely um, and, and they were very robust and hard to beat, but they played a lot in moments and relied on Messi to produce moments of magic. And France, although they, they have Mbappe, who I probably think is the best player in the world right now, um, they actually looked a bit susceptible defensively, which I think England showed when we played them. So over the course of the tournament, I, I think I, it's really hard to say, but I, I was probably the most impressed with the Brazilians um, in terms of... But they lost a penalty shootout, right? So it's really hard. To, they weren't great against Croatia. And even Brazil themselves, I think, had some flaws in their team. Um, 
But I think they were probably the team that impressed me most. And I do think had they've got through that shootout, yeah. I think Argentina might have struggled a little bit more to win it because you look at the French team and and they obviously had an illness throughout the camp. And I don't know how much that has affected them because it was them two changes in 40 minutes when um, Colin Moani and Taram came on that seemed to give them real impetus and energy. So I don't know if Giroud or Dembele had been suffering a little bit going into the game. But I don't think there was like an outstanding team. That That's kind of what I'm saying. That's why so many, that's why I think it was so entertaining because so many games are so marginal. You look at, you know, Argentina, Holland, it came down to such fine margins in so many games because there wasn't a team that blew everyone else away. So it's a difficult question to answer. Um, yeah. I think there was a lot of good teams without any team being like exceptional. I- I thought Argentina's defence made Posh's defence look good because they, they were bloody awful in the few times that I sort of watched it. Um, yeah, they were, they, were, they were poor. And yeah, uh, it, 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 I didn't watch much of the World Cup, as I said, so I can't really comment too much. But I just think in Croatia aren't a bad team, to be fair. They, they have a, a fighting spirit to them. Whenever they play in sport, Croatia, because they're very nationalistic and they love their country and they 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 they, they give their hearts for their country. And it's something that perhaps England used to do when I was a young chap many, many years ago. But nowadays, do they really give their heart and soul? I would argue perhaps not as much as they used to. And I think you need to give your heart and soul to win anything in life. And I think that's where we... We're probably not technically any worse than any other team these days, but I, I, I think perhaps we just need to learn how to win, learn how to win a tournament. And that's something England have never been good at you know even when we've had good teams in the past you know they say that we had a better team in 1970 than we did in 1966 but we didn't win it so I think England need to learn how to win things and not just individual games but tournaments and that is what is probably more important than anything else yeah you do have to put your heart and soul uh, into anything to win it. You're quite right. I've done that for the last three years to try and win host of the season. And alas, here I am with zero still. So yeah, uh, I am totally... Someone who cheats. So yeah, matter. that's valid. That's valid. Actually, it'd be interesting to see now that Musk has got hold of the Twitter box if uh, if we get a fairer vote uh, this year round. But as soon as I've won one, I will be leaving. So um, there's an incentive for all the listeners to vote as well when it comes back round to it. So I just want to put that on my uh, CV. Uh, just wrapping up with Posh, um, I'm not going to do, or I should say, we're not going to do match uh, previews purely because we would be due to record in two weeks' time. But that is New Year's day i believe so we'll all be far too sozzled um to be recording that day so it's going to be four weeks before we converge again um in that time we are due to play charlton away milton Keynes at home uh wickham at home and probably the shrewsby shrewsby game we don't know yet when that's been rearranged but i would imagine it will fall at some point within the next four weeks so four games um so we're not going to talk about each one in great detail mainly because if i'm honest we're all feeling a little bit uh, what's the right word, demotivated with the postures now. However, we'll stay positive and optimistic and we'll go on to the uh, important uh, factor in the traditional end-of-year quiz. It's a yellow block versus up the posh spaces. Now, the way this is going to work, it's a two-half uh, quiz. Uh, first half is on posh, second half is on the World Cup. Unlucky, Kisby, I apologise. Um, that's two weak subjects for you there in both the posh and the World yeah, Cup. True. Now, the way it's going to work is I'm going to uh, alternate who gets to answer the question first. Uh, 
you've got 10 seconds to answer. I would argue that actually answering second is an advantage. Uh, you cannot, if you are answering second, you cannot guess or answer the same as the person who answered first, if that makes sense. So first person answers one, you would need to pick a different number and so on and so forth. Uh, it will make sense when we start. Um, good. Okay. Some of these questions are quite tough. Let's see how we get on with this one. So first question, John, you're going to be answering this question first. Okay tension in the room is palpable. So this question was stolen from PUFC Stats. So this season, Posh have lost five consecutive times in all competitions, twice. The question is, how many times did Darren Ferguson lose five consecutive times across all three of his tenures? John? That is a tough question. Um, I don't think the number will be that high. So I'm going to go twice. Twice. Matthew Kisby, same question. I was generally going to say three times, so I will say that. So you'd both be wrong. He only lost uh, He only lost five times in a row once, and that was in the 2012-13 championship season. Which Bring him back! All, across Bring all back. three tenures is pretty impressive. Okay, uh, Matthew Kisby. This is for you then. You answer in first this time. What is Posh's best ever FA Cup win? And by that, I mean the furthest that we've um, made it to. Look at uh, wasn't it against... So the round, the furthest round that we've ever made in the FA Cup is probably an easy way of wording that question. So which round did you say? The furthest round that we've got in the FA Cup year. Need to push you for an answer. Um, what's the round before the quarterfinals? <laughs> Which round is that? That one. Uh, round thirty-two is it? I think in the FA Cup. So the round before the quarterfinals you're going for. Yeah. Okay, John, yeah. over to you. I'm going to go quarterfinals. John is indeed right with the quarterfinals where we played uh, Arsenal, according to this script. Uh, these have been no way fact checked, so they're probably all completely wrong. But we're relying on a Nottingham Forest fan to write this for us. No, so I think that is true. true to be yeah. fair. One nil then to up the posh bases. So this question is for you, John. First up, how many managers has there been in Dmax era, not including caretakers or multiple spells? So this is a tough quiz. <laughs> um... It is hard. Not, I would struggle not, with these. Would struggle not with including these. caretakers. Not including caretakers or multiple spells. On a limited time, I'm going to say thirteen. Thirteen. Matthew Kisby. Thirteen? What managers? Yeah. Not including multiple spells though, is it? So Fergie was three, McCann's two. <laughs> Okay, Kisby, you're buying yourself time. Need an answer. I don't know. Eight. Oh, it's close. It's nine. Ferguson, Evans, McCann, eight. Wesley, Robinson, Johnson, Gannon, Cooper, and Alexander. Yeah, I didn't think it was 13. Mm-hmm. Kisby, you're answering this one first, which is probably good I'm for you. No, you get to answer this, though, and you were around at this point, so this puts you at an advantage answering first. Can you tell me who was the first manager in the club's history? Yeah, someone J 
jock, isn't it? Well, I know it is. It's someone jock or jock someone. I need an answer. Well, jock is my answer. Jock is so just so that's this. He's got he's like a Brazilian. He's got one name and doesn't have a, a first <laughs> yeah. name or a surname. It's something jock. I'll throw it over to you then, John. I don't know. I'll say Harry Jock, seeing as apparently I've got one name. Close, uh, Jock Porter. I can't give you that, Kisby, because you already so, knew the dude's first name. I got the question right, and you can't. <laughs> well, give you me didn't know, did you? And you I was close on the other one, and you can't give me a point, right? Okay. You didn't. I mean, it's like I'm saying who was next year. Is it's, you know, Jock is a, a very common name, right? There could be lots of Jocks. Do you know what I mean? So, no, you don't get a point. One nil, still two up the point spaces. Um, cool. Okay, John, you're answering this first. I am going to give you a former posh player's career. I want you to tell me who this posh player is. So this former posh player started their youth career at Peterborough United before breaking into the senior team between the years of 2002 and 2006. They played 79 times for posh, had a stint on loan at Stevenage, but didn't play. Then moved to Preston, where they played 185 times, had a small stint on loan at Middlesbrough. Then moved to Leicester, where they played 36 times with a small stint on loan at Millwall. Then moved to Ipswich, where they failed to register an appearance. Then moved to America to play for Orlando City, Colorado Rapids. Moved back to the UK and finished their career at Solihull Moors and then Geisley in 2018. This is tough. Well, yes. Really tough. What well, year was that, sorry? So his his uh, senior career was active between 2002 and 2018. Played for Posh between 2002 and 2006. It's not St. Ledger, is it? Kisby. I don't know. Um, it, it, what you say does ring a bell, but I wouldn't know the name. Um, I don't know, Mackenzie? That is a cracking answer, John. It is indeed Sean St. Ledger. That is unique ball knowledge. Congratulations. I was going to that one before he said it. Of course you were. Of course you were. 2-0 then at the end of the posh round. Uh, Kisby, you get to answer first on the first uh, World Cup question. Again, you oh, were good. alive when this happened, so you may be in luck here. Okay. Uh, Kisby, where was the first World Cup held? I want to say Hungary. I don't know why. Okay, John. I think it's Uruguay. It was indeed Uruguay. No, Brilliant knowledge. Yeah. It's not a bad shout, yeah. Kisby, to be it's fair. Good. I mean, wrong continent and country, but close, you know. It's on the same planet, to be fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll take that. Uh, John, you are up first. Who scored the fastest ever World Cup goal? It's a good question. Um... I don't know this one. I'm going, it's not, but I'm going to say Anna Valencia because he scored after like 16 seconds of this World Cup. Kisby. Uh, I wouldn't have a clue. Um, John. Hmm. Let me see. <laughs> Let me see. I was thrown in the World Cup final and I kept saying a Scottish name, didn't I? And it just didn't ring true. Oh, really. Yeah. yeah. Um, I have no idea what Pele. Uh, yeah, it's, it's not a bad guess. It was Hakan Suker, 11 seconds, Turkey versus Korea in 2002. Um, good, Kisby. Only two host nations 
have ever made it out of the groups, name them. You get a point for each correct country. So only two host nations have never made it out of their group. Uh, uh, well, Qatar must be one. Okay. And... Uh, probably would be someone like Japan or South Korea, I should imagine. So okay. let's say, whichever one I choose, I'll be the other one, uh, Japan. Over to you, John. So uh, can I have Qatar? Am I allowed to? No, I already said it. You, know you, you can have Qatar, but Kisby will get the point if it was that, purely because he answered it first. But, uh, right. you know, well, I know twist. that's right. So I will say that. And then I, so there's, I've narrowed, I, do, I think South Korea did get out of the group. I think they did well at their World Cup. So Japan's not a bad shout. I can't remember if South Africa did it in 2010. Mm. I know they won the first game, but I don't know if they won again. And then with the USA back in the day, I'm going, to, I'm going to go for, Let's go for the US. Can I go for sure. South Africa? Because I think that is the right answer. No, you cannot, but it is the right answer. South yeah. Africa in 2010 and Qatar in 2022. So you pick up a point there, Kisby, be pleased to know. I've sort of, you know, I've given you a... Sorry, I'll just drop the thing. I've given you a consolation prize there. Okay. Uh, over to you then. Over to you then, John. Two questions left. So pressure's on, Kisby. You need to get both these right. In the 1962 World Cup quarterfinal of England versus Brazil, Jimmy Greaves had to collect a stray dog from the pitch. What happened next? Um, it bit him. Kisby. <laughs> uh, um, can we have some options on this one? Because no, you know that's a bit. This vague, is, everybody right? knows this. How do you, you were you were there? How do you not know what happened? I don't know. He adopted the dog or something. I don't know. No, the dog pissed on his shirt. Obviously, everybody oh, knows. Well, that. no. <laughs> All right, last question, Kisby, you're up then. Who was the first England player to be sent off at a World Cup? Current score is 3-1, last point. So, Can we have a clue, as in what year or anything? Uh, yeah, or... I can give you the year. It was 1986, and it was versus Morocco. 1986. Um, I don't know. Uh, Glenn Hoddle? Okay. It wasn't. John? John? Keegan, don't know. Not a bad shout. It was Ray Wilkins, who got a second yellow for throwing the ball at the referee. I remember that. A... I did watch that. I remember There you that. go, you see. You should fucking answer it then, shouldn't you? Um, <laughs> brilliant. Final score then. John, three. Kisby, one. Congratulations. Uh, first appearance on a show and walking away with the, the very, very coveted uh, end of year uh, yellow block quiz title that's uh you know something to write home you don't need any presents now you've got everything you need for for christmas just there i want to give you the tiebreaker anyway um kisby I'll, I'll ask you this first uh no points at play for this one who is posh's oldest fan oldest fan 
How 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 do you know how do you know this? So this was taken from the uh, several supporters clubs that uh, collate information around the club. Uh, also in conjunction with the ticket office, who have all the season ticket holders' details. I don't know, but I have a lot of sympathy for him. Okay. I don't know. Um, Jock Stevens, I don't know. <laughs> it's going to be Jock. Uh, John, any guesses? I don't want to offend anyone. Um, <laughs> don't worry about that. We do that all the Miss, time on this Mr. pod. Mr. Posh. I don't Mr. know Mr. Posh. Posh's name. The oldest Posh fan is one Matthew Kisby. Um, so great news all round. That was our time-breaking question. Errol <laughs> so, is going to be Honestly, spitting feathers at this episode with this kind of uh, childish comeback, isn't he? Um, and he sorry, would be Errol. right to do so as well. He would. Uh, fully appreciate it's not a particularly posh-heavy episode uh, today. It's purely because, if I'm honest, there's been one game. We've got a bit of a break coming up, and we're not feeling overly enamoured with posh just now. Uh, massive thank you, though, to everyone for listening this year. Please don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review and rate the pod on both Apple and Spotify. It helps us climb the podcast charts. Join us in four weeks' time, then, as it's New Year's Day in a fortnight. So four weeks' time. Who knows what will change in that time? Maybe we'll have new managers, new owners, new podcast hosts. We can hope but for a few of them. And from everybody at the Yellow Block, Merry Christmas. Happy days. We bumbled away through. Did my sound stay okay in the end? Yep. It was. Yeah, it was fun. It was just because you were opening up those tabs, which is bizarre. I think so. Yeah, I need to close the hub down off the browser when I'm uh, recording. I think that's what it is. But. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.